great week so far and that this month will be kind to you for anything that you have that you wish you would have gotten started I suggest you start today I like to personally take every new month as an opportunity to get something started and it's just a good way to mark and indicate where you've been and also I hope that you guys found ways to co-sign yourself last week I actually was forced awkwardly and to my benefit to have to co-sign myself all of last week but in particular on Friday so I have a friend blessing she's an event planner I'll link all of her information in the show notes below but she hosted her first ever networking event called network and mingle so when she had initially sent me the information like the flyer letting me know when it was going to happen I was so happy for it and I was like oh cool of course I'll be there then she sent me vendor information and I thought to myself hmm should I do this shouldn't I it was that was about maybe a month and a half prior to the event which took place this past Friday and I was nervous but I decided yeah I'm gonna do it I'm gonna pay the deposit I'm gonna push myself because one thing that I've realized is that there's actually no such thing as perfect timing and when you use perfection or not being ready as an excuse you often end up forcing yourself into stagnation and especially with things that make us nervous or things that we're scared of it's very easy for us to use the excuse of oh I would love to but I don't have the materials I would love to but I don't think I'll be available it's too short notice and all of these are very very valid points but sometimes the excuses we make go under the radar and we stay stuck for so long based on the fact that those excuses are valid it's not it's not something that we can easily be called out on. It's more so something that if we're not paying much attention, we'll find that months, years will go by and we'll be in the exact same place because we've been trying to start once we're perfect instead of getting perfect once we've started. And when I got to the event and I had to speak with people, one of the things that I found strange was the fact that when it came to describing what I do, it was quite difficult to find the words. I'm sure many other people have had this issue, especially with resume writing, when you apply for a new job or when you're thinking of applying for a new job and you decide to update your resume with the current job you're at, trying to find the right words to describe what you do every day. You know that you do stuff every day. You are going to work. You're getting paid. But to find the words to accurately depict everything that you're doing becomes really difficult so for me since I was a vendor prior to the event she had asked me to give her a pretty much a brief synopsis of what I'm going to be advertising at the event and how I do it and it took me forever to get this email out to her to the point where she had to send me a friendly reminder that I needed to get it to her by noon because I just could not find for the life of me the words that I could use to describe what I do. And thinking back on it, I think it's a little bit of a a situation of not wanting to potentially be egotistical or not wanting to 
put pressure on yourself because a lot of times we know what we do or we know what we're getting into but to put it on paper or to put it out to the world kind of puts this additional pressure on us that not only do I think I do this I've let people know so now it's pretty much time to show and prove but I found the words and it was an amazing amazing experience I met so many wonderful people I held a contest and I'm excited for my next networking event. A few lessons that I've learned over the week with regards to co-signing yourself is, well, I have two in particular, but the first one is that it's very possible for people to love you and still steer you away from your dreams. And what I mean by this is that when you have a vision for yourself, often that vision will require risk, It'll require stepping out in a in a way that if it's successful, people will love it. But if it's not successful, you may end up in a tight or difficult position. And for people who love you and truly want the best for you, a lot of times they will discourage you from taking certain risks. Not because they don't want the success portion of it, but mostly because they're looking at the potential downfall and how that could negative negatively affect you so they could love you enough to tell you not to do something because they wouldn't want to see what would happen to you if what you're planning doesn't go the way you want it to and this I think is one of the very important reasons why you must learn how to co-sign yourself because if you go to the people who love you and expect them to always have your back and they don't, it could easily discourage you from doing what you want to do. And a second point is that it's not everybody's job to necessarily see your vision or even support it because sometimes the things that are for us are uniquely ours and we've been told that message, we're the ones who have that itching feeling where we can't go to bed at night because our mind is just rattling about the things we should be doing in comparison to the things that we are doing. And when we have this compelling feeling within us, it's our responsibility, not anybody else's, to actually act on those feelings. And many times when we act on these feelings, initially people will say, oh, what are you doing? They might even make jokes about it that could potentially be discouraging or offensive. But remember that this is your baby this is your opportunity this is your message and it's for you and hopefully someday everyone will understand when things fall into place the way you have it planned out in your head or the way you've envisioned it to be with things that belong to us the best person to take care of them is ourself if you meet a parent for the most part they know how to take care of their baby. Why? Because they're with their baby for the most part. They see all the little nuances. Someone who comes and visits and says, oh, that's so cute, will leave and not have to deal with the difficult parts of that baby. They won't have to deal with the crying, the late nights, the the issues in general. And that's pretty much how it is with our dreams and our visions. Someone might come by in the middle of your vision and see that things are starting to pick up steam and they'll say, oh, wonderful, I'm so proud of you. Or even you'll tell someone your plans 
and they'll be so excited they'll give you ideas in that moment but once that conversation's over they may not come back to it ever again and it's not necessarily a wrong thing but it's very hard for people to care with the passion for something that doesn't belong to them so since our dreams and our passions do belong to us it's our responsibility to ensure that we are taking care of them and that we know their value enough to not be deterred by people who care about us or people who we expect to hold it at a certain level but are not doing so so with all of that being said I'm going to get right into our topic for the week. And for this week, I'm going to be talking about movement. Before I get into it, I just want to share a story that's kind of in line with the topic. So last June, I traveled to Nigeria for a friend's wedding. And on my way there, we had a layover in France. So when we got to France, we res- it was supposed to be about a four-hour layover and once I connected to the Wi-Fi about three hours in when we're already getting ready to prepare to board, I receive a message through the app saying that our flight has been delayed. And a little after that, I received another message that our flight had been delayed again. And all in all, our flight ended up being delayed about I'd say four or five hours on top of the six hours that we were already spending in our layover. And everyone was trying to get to Nigeria. Everyone was exhausted. Flying for 22 hours is not fun. We have things to do. We just don't want to be in transit. So when the stewardess came and were speaking to my fellow Nigerians about the fact that we're delayed, a lot of them were getting upset. And I actually overheard two men who had become friends through our struggle of being stuck in the airport saying to one another, well, in particular, one man said to the other that movement in any direction is better than stagnation. And he would rather be on a plane going somewhere than sitting in the airport waiting. This struck me as odd and confusing and oddly enough, he kind of got his wish because when we got on the plane, well, prior to us getting on the plane after it had been delayed for hours, we were told that there was a plane stuck in Chad and that our plane would actually be delivering materials to the plane in Chad prior to us arriving in Lagos, Nigeria, which was a huge piss off because we ended up sitting on the tarmac at the airport in Chad for about an hour and a half after detouring to Chad before getting to Nigeria. And I was just thinking to myself, so this man who was complaining is probably happy with the fact that we're on a plane flying in the wrong direction of where we want to get to, but at least we're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. But for me, that's not the case. And that's what I want to discuss today. So what I'm pretty much trying to say is that not all movement is good movement. And with the society that we're in right now, it's a hustle and grind society where you got to be moving, you got to be making moves, you got to be pretty much showing that you're not sleeping and that you're doing things. When in truth, all of that movement is not necessarily taking you to where you want to. And it's created this stigma within our society that 
if you're a true hustler or a grinder, you can't really get eight hours of sleep a night. And it makes people feel guilty for getting the rest that they need or for stopping or for pretty much not going as fast as what people think. And yes, there are times where you might have to work a 16-hour day and wake up early in the morning and also go to bed really late at night. But I personally don't think that that's realistic for most people. And to feel that you have to do that or to be pressured into doing that could be counterproductive to the goals that you actually have for yourself. I understand that early birds do catch the worm, but sometimes I'm just tired and I'm not in the mood for some food. (laughs) And that's okay too, you know, because our movements and the decisions that we decide to make need to be well thought out, well processed, and well determined. And some of those moves actually do need to be in silence. Not everything we do needs to be publicized. And I think that's where the pressure comes from because of social media and the fact that lots of people talk about what they're what they're getting into. Whereas if you really track all of the I'm gonna, I'm gonna's, you, there's not a lot of them that actually pan out into the full result of what they're talking about. For me personally, I believe that movement should be one, intentional, two, directional, or if you can't be both of those, movement should be still. (laughs) So to be intentional with your movement is to set a plan and know what you need to do. When you're deciding to get into something, whatever it is, whether it be a business or even a personal goal like fitness, it's important to know what your end result wants, what the end result that you would like to be is, and based on that, create a realistic plan to get you to that place. So before, it's pretty much like when you pack for a trip or when you plan to go on a trip. If you're going to Cancun, what do you need? You need bathing suits, you need summer clothes, but if you're going skiing in Aspen, You're going to need your ski materials. You're going to need sweaters, fleeces, and jackets and gloves. So understanding where you're going, what you're planning to do, and being intentional with the plan you want to to act out is very, very important for you to make sure that your movement is in the direction that you want. And once you've set a plan it's important to be directional with that plan. So now that you know what you've set out to do, it's time to take that plan and to execute it. When you create, and often when you create a plan, initially there are some moments where you'll feel that I can do A, B, C, D within a certain amount of time and knock it out effortlessly. But realistically, when you get into the motions of things, you might realize that the plans you had or the time frames that you have given yourself are not realistic now that you're in the midst of it. And that's why it's important to be directional and understand the fact that you're going with the flow of the plan that you have. And when you decide to take a direction with your plan, it's very important to realize that that direction might change and don't just be gunning ahead blindly to reach a goal 
that may not be realistic now that you've entered into the plan. To go with the flow and say, well, I'm just going to keep trying and see what pans out can often be a misguided way of going through the motions of getting to whatever you want to get to because when you decide to just go with the flow, you can be blown in any direction. But when you're f- when you're solid in the plan that you have and willing to pivot within that plan to find what works best for you now that you've entered into what you decided you want to do, it'll make it a lot easier for you to not only get to where you want to be, but get there in a way that's beneficial and will grant you the result that you actually want. And if your plans cannot be intentional and your movement cannot be directional, I think it's very important that you be still. Often when we're trying to grind or hit our goals or do all of this trendy hustler things, (laughs) I don't know how else to put it, we often feel that it's not appropriate for us to stop and assess where we are and that If we do stop, we're no longer fulfilling the plan we want to or that we're doing a disservice to ourselves. Whereas stopping and being still is very important to figuring out if we're still on the same path. Because sometimes we move so fast and want to accomplish so much that we don't take a step back and see if we're on the right track that we're intended to be or maybe even that we've grown to a place where the initial plan that we had created for ourselves is no longer what's going to satisfy what we want because many times we enter into situations and we create a plan but throughout the process of fulfilling that plan we grow in a way that we no longer have a need for what we started out for and the direction that we started with and the end goal we had in mind shifts so much that sometimes the end goal that we had is maybe now just a pit stop on a bigger plan that we're going to accomplish. So too much movement can blind us from seeing what we need to do, like making turns, stopping at roadblocks, or deciding what direction we want to go when there's a fork in the road. So I advise all of you guys to be still, take your time, and stop when you need to. So just to recap, the three pieces of advice that I'll give you when dealing with your movement is that your movement should be intentional, your movement should be directional, or that your movement should be still if you're not sure exactly where you're going. Now I'm going to get into our weekly word, which is a guiding statement to apply as a principle throughout the week. For this week, the word is appreciate the doors. What I want you to do is take some time to reflect on the past doors in your life. Reflect on the closed doors, the open doors, the cracked doors, the doors that you had to kick down, the doors that you had to bolt shut forever and reflect on what these doors had to offer you. Some of these doors gave you protection from yourself, from opportunities that weren't what they were cracked up to be, people who weren't what they were cracked up to be, from 
potentially entering into a situation that could have been worse than what you thought it would have been. Some of these doors offer self-respect in that they taught you to value yourself in a way that you may have not if you didn't enter into them or if you weren't shut out of them. Some of these doors gave you foresight into your future and how you'd want things to be or how you wouldn't want things to be. And a lot of these doors give you confidence to open new ones or the strength to close some that you no longer want to enter or have anything to do with anymore. So for this week, I want you to look at what you have accomplished from the past and look at where you are today and be grateful for the process and the journey that you've entered into and to be excited for what the future doors that are going to be on your way have to offer you. So that's the end of today's podcast. Thank you guys for sticking around with me. You can send me an email or a DM. All the information will be in the show notes below. I'd love to hear from you. And you guys, send me your questions. I'd love to answer your questions or get suggestions from you on what you'd like to hear in future podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Until we meet again. Bye.